For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Five years ago this weekend, WWE held their Battleground pay-per-view, headlined by Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, Randy Orton against Sheamus, and Kevin Owens against John Cena. James Caldwell and Greg Parks hosted a live post-show after Battleground on July 19, 2015, and today's Best of PW Torch Livecast presents to you that live call-in show. So here we go with the WWE Battleground 2015 post-show. And of course, join Greg Parks hosting the WWE Horror Show at Extreme Rules post-show at the PW Torch Daily Cast on Sunday night. He'll be hosting Wrestling Night in America, taking your calls live after the show concludes. You're listening to the PW Torch Livecast, the post-game show for WWE's Battleground pay-per-view here on Sunday night, July 19, 2015. This is Torch Assistant Editor James Caldwell taking your phone calls here on the Livecast at 646-721-9828. You can also shoot us an email to PWTorchLivecast at gmail.com. And I uh, should be joined by Torch columnist Greg Parks here on the show. And I'm looking for Greg, trying to find him on the switchboard, not finding him. So we'll try to get Greg on the line. Um, Blog Talk was having some issues. So we're going to sort those things out and uh, get Greg on the line, get some opening thoughts on the show. Obviously, big news of the show. If you're listening to us, then you're willingly listening because you want to know what happened or you want to talk about it. So I don't feel bad spoiling it. If you're listening to us and you don't want to get spoiled, I suggest listening to the show on demand. But uh, you're calling in. You want to hear what happened. Undertaker returns in the main event, prevents Brock Lesnar from winning the WWE World Heavyweight title from Seth Rollins. Taker gets the best of Seth. I'm sorry, the best of Brock. In a post-match, Seth disappears. No result on the title match. But presumably Seth is still champion. And uh, they go off the air with Taker standing tall over Brock. And, um, yeah, so it looks like that's the big match for SummerSlam. And uh, we'll talk a lot about that on tonight's show. Plus, of course, John Cena, Kevin Owens in the semi-main event. And Cena wins in about 22 minutes, retains the U.S. title against Owens. 
And presumably the, the feud is over. We don't know for sure, but we could see a fourth match or a 20th match. Who knows? But this felt like the end, especially with no post-match from Owens. He kind of tucked his tail and left the ring and Cena celebrated. So that's how the last hour of the show went, which, of course, is going to lead to a lot of different opinions and perspectives and thoughts. And I'm hoping to get Greg on the line so we can talk more about this as I look for Greg on the switchboard. And I don't see him. So we will keep looking for Greg. In the meantime, let's go to phone calls. And starting us off here on the live cast out of the 630 area code. Welcome to the show 630. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Adrian from Aurora. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Adrian. What's your mind tonight? Uh, three things. Um, the last match uh, was kind of disappointing. I'm glad that. I really didn't pay for it, even though I kind of do because I have the network. But if I had to pay 50 bucks for that, I would be kind of disappointed. Sure. Um, the Divas match, I still don't understand why you have three groups, but I thought that uh, it was pretty good. And um, there's something else, too, that I – oh, uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, Roman Reigns like to uh, hopefully – is, or that feud is finally over with because I don't think it really did anything for either one of those guys. That's pretty much all I got, and uh look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. You know, with Bray and and, and uh, Reigns, they made it seem like um, there's more to this, that it's not over, especially throwing the Luke Harper element. You can kind of get some Reigns and Harper matches on, uh, I guess, on TV going forward, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think this feud started off like with maybe a little bit of potential. I think the TV was really quite bad. Um, especially Reigns showing a lack of fire on, in, in promos and sort of, sort of being unmoved by the fact that this crazy man was attacking him and his family and all that sort of stuff. So I just, um, you know, I've been disappointed by the feud. I, th- I thought the match was okay. Um, I don't think it set the world on fire, but I don't think it was a bad match either. I just, um, you know, I just there's something about Roman Reigns. I don't know what it is. There's something about him that is not clicking. I'm not feeling the character. I got a sense of the crowd is he's still sort of like we don't know what to do about this guy. Like we don't know what to do about Roman Reigns. Um, you know, they kind of warmed up to him at the end of the match, but at the beginning of the match, you just got the sense that, and and I kind of took 12 minutes to kind of evaluate the crowd. What what's the crowd reacting to Reigns? And 12 minutes in, I just said, you know what, they're just, they don't know what to do with him. I think the, the TV buildup has not helped them at all. I think the lack of promo time, the lack of promos, uh, you know, good promos. Um, Bray Wyatt's sort of being an out there character, maybe not mixing with Reigns. I just, I just didn't get a sense of this program. Assuming it's over, I, I don't think it is, but I just don't get a sense this program's working. And the match was okay, but, um, I don't know. It's just left something, left something for me to be desired. But as far as the divas go, um, the, the way they've been introduced has been interesting, <laughs> to say the least. With three teams of three, no one really going after the NXT title, or the well, maybe the maybe the divas should be going after the NXT title instead of the divas title. Uh, but uh, no one really establishing a claim to, to the divas title. You know, talking about like rebuilding the division and having this revolution. It just feels very like you know work shoot type deal. And yeah, they had a real good match on this show, but again, the, the setup, go back to Monday's Raw, and you know, with Stephanie Heel introducing 
you know, three three new talents, and then you got the the three groups of three. And is there some sort of root issue that is the reason why these three teams don't like each other and have sort of decided to align this way? You know, it just it feels kind of forced. It feels very WWE. <laughs> uh, the good and the bad, and they're allowing the, the women to have some good matches or or a good match, and they had a great moment on TV on Monday, but. It's still the same people running this company and running creative that are in charge of the Divas division slash women's and and it just feels kind of uh, like just there's just too many people involved. Now Charlotte obviously stood out. Now Sasha obviously stood out tonight. But long term, what's the direction? Is it just hey we're having a revolution? Okay, what does that mean? Who's going after the title? Does anybody care about the title? Are they going to retire the title? That would be like what's going on here with the Divas title? Does anybody care about the title? Uh, I've not got that sense yet, so it's a little bit of both for WWE, and we're kind of waiting to see how it all kind of plays out and how it sorts itself out with the Divas Division reboot and the so-called revolution, which was started by a heel. It's sort of an interesting situation, so we shall see. I am still looking for Greg on the switchboard. I want to get Greg's thoughts on the show, and I am not. There's Greg. I see Greg now. Greg Parks, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. Thank you. I thought uh, after Monday night, maybe you were just trying to avoid uh, talking to me again. <laughs> and giving away DVDs? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I we know. have so many people at home. I couldn't find you. That was you your since, idea. Or, uh, that I'm was not, my I'm idea. Not gonna, yeah, so that, don't don't put that on me. That was your idea. So, But it did create a lot of work for you. Which, you know, I will say that I have not gotten to the DVDs yet. I have everybody's email and then the tweets from last Monday. If you did not listen to last Monday's live cast or didn't make it all the way to the end of the show, I don't blame you. Uh, we, we got, uh, so far off track that I, I said that if you make it to the end of the show last Monday's live cast, I would send you a DVD if you knew the password. And we gave it the password. We got a lot of emails and tweets. So I will be sending out the DVDs. I've just had a very busy week. I just have not been able to get around to it, but you'll be contacted. Don't worry. I'm going to get to everybody. I see that some people have emailed the password in the last couple of days, Greg. We have some delayed livecast listeners from Monday, so that's quite interesting. Well, that, that's um, up to you. I gave them a, a 24-hour window, but if you want to keep accepting them, that's fine. I guess it depends if I'm in a good mood when I get around to this on Monday or Tuesday. So, um, Greg, Battleground. Um, I hit on some of the high points while I was trying to find you on the switchboard, so I'm not, even, I, I'm not exactly sure what all I said, but... Uh, let's just hit it over the top. We got a little bit of everything. We had a good, got a good email or a good email, good phone call to kick things off, get some more topics. A lot of good stuff on this show to talk about. What is your, what is your number one story? I mean, Undertaker's, you know, the biggest story, but is that your number one story or is it something else bigger to you from this show? Well, it's hard to pick out something bigger than The Undertaker returning when it's not WrestleMania season. So that has to be the biggest story coming out of this, not only because he returned, but because he basically inserted himself uh, into the WWE world title picture. Now, do I expect him to go after the title? No, I don't. But he interfered in the main event title match at Battleground. So until we know for sure, we're left to assume that, hey, maybe he is after the title. Maybe that's part of the reason he took out Brock Lesnar. The obvious reason, of course, is that Lesnar broke the streak a year and a half ago now, mm-hmm. um, which is a long time to seethe 
and wait for revenge um, if, in fact, that is the reason that Taker is coming after him. But, yeah, I think that's without a doubt the number one story coming out of this. Uh, closely followed maybe by, by John Cena retaining the U.S. title over Kevin Owens. I think that surprised a lot of people. Um, hmm. It certainly surprised me. I thought I thought the right move was to put the title on Owens. I wasn't as cocksure that, that WWE would do it. Because when it's when it involves Cena, you always err on mm-hmm. the side of Cena winning. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought Owens winning was the right move, and now it looks like uh, that feud may be over based on the post match. You know, there was nothing from Owens, no mic work, no post match attack, nothing like that uh, mm-hmm. to to give any kind of signal that that the feud will continue. Um, now that doesn't mean it won't, because I think it's a, it's a very deep feud as far as WWE goes, so they could get probably another match out of it but if they do i would i would assume owens would have to win that one you you don't want cena going up three to one um but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they treat owens going forward now because here was this nxt guy who came in and made a big splash by beating john cena in his first pay-per-view match and it seemed like he had the proverbial rocket strapped to him and all of a sudden now he's kind of come back down to earth with two losses in a row not to mention the loss of his NXT title at Beast in the East. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there is a lot of concern right now amongst fans about Kevin Owens, about what's going on with him and where he's going to go from here. And there's been a lot of comparisons already to Bray Wyatt, who was in a high-profile feud with John Cena and now is, you know, he's feuding with Roman Reigns. Obviously, Reigns is, is a main eventer, but Wyatt sort of has that smell of a mid-carder right now. And I think there's mm. some concern by fans that, that's going to end up happening to Kevin Owens. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. 
it's a tough spot. You know, it's the you're on the high you're on the highest of the high profile feud with Cena, but you're not going to win. <laughs> you know, that's I mean Rusev. You know, highest of the highest program for months with Cena. Was it going to win? Um, so it's like you just try to do the most you can with that program while you're in the program. Now, like you said, what's a, what's the follow up? It is it is sort of the same question with Seth Rollins uh, going into SummerSlam. What's the follow up? Where did if they take Brock and and take her off in the separate little land of giants and beasts uh, and dead people? Do they? What do they do with Rollins as champion? Like, well, what's the SummerSlam match? I mean, you look at if like you win a match that means something in the booking, which doesn't usually, but if you look at who won matches tonight, John Cena won, Randy Orton won, um, who else won big matches tonight? Bray Wyatt won. Yeah, you know, I don't see like Bray Wyatt in the title match. I don't really see Orton, but he did win a match against the Money the Bank holder, and then you got John Cena. I mean, Greg, I mean, you could do WWE champion versus US champion, and 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 do some of that, but. You know, is that a direction they want to go? I don't know. And, you know, do they do Rollins and Owens? I mean, or does Owens go into a full-fledged feud with Cesaro? Um, and is that a step down or is that a step up or is that a lateral move? It's a lot of question marks going to SummerSlam, Greg. I mean, this, this felt like it could have been um, a show to continue a lot of stuff, but it ended up sort of ending and beginning a lot of stuff at the same time. So... I'm not quite sure yeah. what they're set up for for SummerSlam yet. Yeah, what's really interesting is we were sitting here on Monday night and uh, giving our battleground predictions, and I kind of was under the assumption that we would get another Lesnar-Rollins match at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. uh, pr- predicting a schmaz ending here, which we got, or a non-finish, or you know, ultimately. Uh, 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 anything but a clean finish here. And that would lead to a rematch with a stipulation at SummerSlam. And, and I sat here thinking, the reason being, Lesnar, you know, is going to be on SummerSlam, which has taken on a greater importance in the land of WWE special events over the last few years. You know he's going to be on the show, but he didn't really seem to have a ready-made opponent. Of course, at the time, I wasn't thinking Undertaker. You know, you, right. you don't think about him coming back. So... That seems to be the direction they're hinting uh, at SummerSlam, uh, Lesnar versus Undertaker, which would be a huge match for SummerSlam, given the Undertaker's limited schedule, a WrestleMania-only schedule, basically the last several years. Um, and, yeah, it does, it does kind of leave Rollins out in the lurch, um, because this certainly didn't give a, a satisfying conclusion to the Rollins-Lesnar story. Correct. And then you're jumping to Lesnar-Taker without giving a conclusion to the story you've been telling for the last several weeks. And that's a problem. Unless they plan on, you know, this is a stopover, uh, Lesnar-Taker or whatever match. Maybe they tag match with those two involved. Who knows? Um, and maybe it's just a stopover and they resume Lesnar-Rollins after, but you still have to find in the interim something for, for Rollins. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, uh, whether that happens tomorrow night on Raw or uh, or what. Yeah, I remember going back to Ross uh, at a couple blogs uh, this weekend at jrsbarbecue.com. I think one of them was speculating on, you know, Rollins holding that title all the way until WrestleMania and having Brock beat Rollins for the title WrestleMania. I, I don't know if they can keep the belt on Rollins that long. I mean, I, I thought that this main event reinforced Rollins as sort of a 
you know, the undeserving heel champion who I think now feels kind of like a placeholder. You know, a guy just holding the belt until somebody else comes along and takes it from him. Um, I mean, he, he got dominated. I mean, he he did not look like a champion. He looks like a mid-carder holding the title. Now, that's part of the heel bit here, but um, I don't think that's going to help business it, or ratings. Yeah, I, it's, it's not going to be – if you want Rollins to hold the title till WrestleMania, you've got to give him some credibility. This um, constant winning by the skin of his teeth and the, the illegitimacy of his title reign, basically, to this point, you're going to have real trouble – having the fans stick with it through WrestleMania, if that's how you're going to book them. Uh, yeah. Even since WrestleMania, they've had trouble propping him up as a as a champion, a credible champion. And you've got to try something different if your plan, and, you know, who knows if that's the plan. I'm kind of just uh, riffing on JR's thoughts on, on his blog. But yeah. – I think if if you want to have Rollins as champion through WrestleMania, you've got to change the way you're booking him. I agree, and and I don't know if that's you got to have the right opponent come along. You know whether it is a Kevin Owens and uh, you know somebody that you know sort of a heel versus heel deal, but someone to draw something out of Rollins more than just the you know, the authority and Triple H. I believe in you and you know that sort of nonsense we've seen for. Three what three years with Orton and now Rollins? Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think they got to come up with something different for Seth. And you know, I just I just think that what they've done has not worked as far as creating interest in the product. I think that's why they're rushing back Taker. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different factors of why they're rushing back Taker, but I think one of them is the way they booked Seth has not driven people to watch the show. I don't know if it's necessarily driven them away. It just hasn't drawn people in, um, combined with other factors since WrestleMania. But, um, uh, Greg, we'll jump back into the phone calls here in a second. But I do want to get your thoughts on, on the Divas match and the way they have rebooted or whatever you want to call it, the division in the last two shows, Raw, last month, Raw, now this pay-per-view. Um, what's your take on what they've done introducing NXT talent now? I think the fact that we're talking about a Divas match within the first half hour of this post-show live cast tells you how big of a deal what we saw tonight was when usually we get around to the Divas match when you say, all right, that about wraps it up. Greg, is there anything else that uh, we haven't (laughs) talked about that you want to touch on? And I say, well, there was a Divas match on the show. I feel like we need to talk about that for at least a minute. Uh, So the fact that we're actually talking about it before the last two minutes of our show uh, is um, shows you just how far they've come, even in the last few weeks. It was a good match, uh, and, and Charlotte winning, I, like I said on Twitter, I, I kind of would have preferred Sasha Banks to win, but I, it's not something I would get into a, a big heated debate about. Uh, I wouldn't pound the table for that necessarily. But as long as either Charlotte or Sasha won, I think that was probably the right move, and um, triple threat matches are sometimes difficult to book, and Divas triple threat matches historically have not been great. So I, I think for night one, as far as being main roster Divas in the ring in a match from bell to bell, I thought Sasha Banks and Charlotte vaulted to the top of the, the main roster Divas as far as in-ring work in, in just tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that point. I mean... 
Uh, you know, Brie was in there to take the loss. We, we kind of understood that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the sequences when she was not in the ring were really good, as you would expect. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I feel like there's too many people in the mix, but I, I, I mean, I want to see, I understand it, but I, I, I just, I just think there's too many people. Um, but I'm willing to give it time. I just don't like the setup with Stephanie as the heel. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm not. In, I, I, yeah, I'm not endorsing that at all. I'm just, you know, talking yeah. strictly from bell to bell. I thought that, sure. that Charlotte and Sasha, for their first time being on the big stage and being on a WWE Network special, you know, they've been on the NXT specials before, but this is a pay per view, and I have to say that with air quotes now. But <laughs> uh, um, you know, they they. There were some uh, a few issues that looked like nerves got the better of them, but that that was to be expected. Uh, overall, I think they did a nice job. Yeah, totally. You should be proud of the match, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with some phone calls. Uh, again, the number reaches here on the show six four six seven two one nine eight two eight. Let's go back to the six three zero area code six three zero. Welcome to the show. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Hey, how you doing? This is Craig, Chicago. There's Craig in Chicago. What's going on tonight? Yeah. Been a while. First of all, I want to say that the talent uh, performed tonight. They were great, and uh, for the most part, for, for for 2015, they pretty much performed the whole year. Even John Cena, who I hate, that guy decided to get his head out of his rear and become a pro wrestler in 2015. He's been great this year in the ring and everything. That being said, I feel that the booking is so short-sighted. And it's handcuffing these, these performers, these wrestlers, that it's no wonder why people are turning away from the show, away from the product. Uh, it does not surprise me at all that the ratings are so low on USA Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the, the sub counts are right now for the, for the network, but. And yeah, we'll find out in, uh, 11 days. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, the first the first match I'm talking about here with the Cena and Owens match, Owens should have gone over. That was the right thing to do. He didn't. Now he's going to go down the same path that Rusev and Wyatt and pretty much anybody that ever wrestled Cena goes down. You know, you're basically going to be stuck in mid card obscurity for the rest of your career. I don't see anybody who's I don't see any wrestler out there whose career was actually helped in, in a program with John Cena. It's always just gone the other way. Um, the, the Divas division, I could care less about it. I'll start caring when they drop the Divas name and start calling it women's again. I think mm-hmm. that Divas thing is a joke. Call it women's. They're women. They're not Divas. They're not brats or anything like that. Come on. And as far as the Undertaker thing, is he a heel? Because as far, what I saw tonight was I saw him do an extremely heelish thing to the number one baby face in the company tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I, I've been watching. Of course, I've been watching this for since 1979. I, I can pretty much figure it out for myself. But to anybody else that's kind of new to the game, you don't know because you don't know if he was a heel or not. Mm-hmm. To me, it looked like he he made a heel turn. Who knows? You know, I just I just see this booking is so short sighted and desperate. It just boggles my mind. Sometimes you just gotta take it slow. And go to the finish line. Maybe the best thing to do would have been have uh, Brock Lesnar hold that title all the way to WrestleMania 32, 
And that would have meant so much more when he finally lost, and that would have been on that huge stage at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not the booker. I'm just the guy who watches. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure the phone call, Craig. I, I mean, you're touching on a lot of stuff that I, I talked about in my report, pwtorch.com, all the results from Battleground right there on our, on our website, pwtorch.com. Uh, I have a lot of con- questions about exactly what Craig said about Undertaker and Brock. I, I, some of them are curiosity, some of them are concerns. I, I agree with the short-term, the concern about the short-term nature of this. And, you know, Greg, you had um, some fans, you know, cheering Taker when he was uh, putting the business to Brock. Some were like, well, I'm not sure what to react to. How am I supposed to react to this? You know, it was sort of a, a perplexment that was borderline, okay, I'm curious, you got me, let me find out on Raw. And also, like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I like Brock. I like Taker. Why is Taker doing a low blow? Am I supposed to cheer him doing a tombstone? I thought we were liking Brock. I thought you gave me permission to like Brock. We're doing the whole Suplex City thing. I even kind of was popping for Paul Heyman's promos. Now, what am I, you know, it's like this, they've created the fan conflict for people watching. And, Greg, they've got to sort this thing out on Raw in a way that doesn't confuse people, but also doesn't, conflict people and they've got five weeks to do it and you got two part-timers and by oh, at SummerSlam we got to sell well I don't know what they're selling anymore but they got to sell something so Greg uh the, the, the booking of, the, of this how this ended specifically what was your reaction well I'll take specifically what Craig said about uh the Undertaker appearing to turn heel here and I think, yeah, you could read that into it. I think that would be difficult to pull off mm-hmm. because I don't, at this stage, I, I as big of a baby face as Lesnar is, I think it would be difficult for Taker to be a heel, even against him. Mm-hmm. Um, the kick below the belt is, is really what a lot of people looked at to say, oh, wow, this is a, this is a heel turn, not to mention attacking Lesnar. Um so I'm, I'm interested in how this is going to turn out, or if they just say, hey, Undertaker's going to have his pocket of fans, Lesnar's going to have his pocket of fans, and let's just let him go at it. Uh, maybe that's what they do. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I'd have to see how things go tomorrow night uh, on Raw with uh, with Lesnar and with Taker. Presumably Taker will be on the show. But the explanation is going to be key here to see where they go. And... and I don't necessarily think, again, that they have to have the Undertaker as a heel because I think that would be difficult. Mm. So it could be babyface Lesnar versus babyface Taker. It's just your baby faces to different portions of the crowd. And some some fans might um, might be cheering for both guys in the same match. You know, it's just sort of a, mm-hmm. an overlap of cool part-time legendary figures. And yeah, it, it's just that that low blow was kind of like, oh, like what are we – how are we supposed to react now? Like, I, I don't, I'm conflicted. You know, if people mm-hmm. watching at home. So, I, they've got, they've got to sort that one out. That's going to be interesting to see, like you said. Um, yeah, it might just turn out they eventually get down to it where it's like just two bulls going at it. <laughs> and you just watch the spectacle. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay if they get there. I think people have concerns coming out of this because of that low blow. I, I agree with Craig on, Dropping the, and I put this in my report, I put this in my report a couple weeks in a row now, while we're going back to Raw. 
Um, drop the Divas division, drop the Divas title, just call it the women's title. I think go back to that era, you know, uh, you know, all, you know, all the way back to the early nineties with that title and heck, not have a larger boys come back. I know. Not going to happen. <laughs> it's it all should. about branding, James. It's all about branding. Total Divas. And look where it got them. You think, yeah. you think they're going to get rid of that cash cow? I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, when they got a reality show called Total Divas, it's not called Total Women's yeah. Title. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I really think they should, but you're right. They're not going to drop it. Remember, in WWE land, Divas means sexy, smart, and powerful. It's not the negative connotation that everybody else <laughs> sees it as. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll, it'll take time to redefine. It'll take time. It'll take time. What if there was a 50% off sale happening every time you went shopping for razors? Shaving with Harry's is kind of like that. They offer premium blade refills as low as $2 each. That's up to 55% off compared to the price of Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. I love my Harry's razor. It has a fit and finish that just feels next level. Kind of like when you open and close that luxury car door and you just know it's made better. That's how shaving with Harry's feels. Harry's believes everyone deserves quality shaving supplies at a fair price. So now, new customers get $5 off a Harry's trial set when you go to harrys.com slash dailycast. That's harrys.com slash dailycast. Harry's doesn't inflate blade prices or add unnecessary features to their razors like flex balls or heated handles, tactics the leading brand has used to raise prices for decades. Harry's team combines a simple ergonomic design with five sharp blades. They source their steel from Sweden and manufacture their blades in their world-class factory in Germany. They cut out the middleman and ship directly to you, saving you time and money. And you can feel good about your purchase. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. And by the way, 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. So Harry's has an amazing offer for listeners of my show. New customers get $5 off a trial set at harrys.com dailycast. You'll get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover. Join the millions of guys who are already saving money and go to harrys.com slash dailycast to claim your offer. That's harrys.com slash dailycast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um. The, the Cena top, I know we're going to get a lot of discussion about Cena and whether he should have lost to Owens in the third match. Um, at the end of the day, Greg, it's WWE. 
there the top guy goes over. Doesn't matter who the heel is. Uh, it's just it's the way they book. That's the philosophy. Is the top guy at the end of the day goes over. Um, and yeah, we've seen all the guy, all the heels that get you know rise up and see the conquerors and they come back down and some never come back up. Some stay away down. Uh, I you know it's a tough spot. I mean, I did not expect Owens to win. at the end of the day when I'm sitting looking at this on Sunday before the pay per view. I said to myself, I I don't see Owens winning. This and this is the way they book. Um, so I didn't have the expectation of Owens winning, but now that he's lost, my concern is what's next. That's always the what you know the what's next for the guy who gets cycled through the Cena program. What's next for him? And Greg, what do you, what do you think? What do you think at the end of the day? What did Owens benefit from this program? And B, what's next for him on TV? The program might not even be over, so. <laughs> It's, it's difficult to say. Um, I think being introduced into WWE by Buddy Heads and Cena right off the bat immediately established Kevin Owens as a big deal. Sure. So it's hard for me, looking through that lens, to argue that this feud with, with Cena did not help Owens. Um, because it, it's already put him on the map. You know, he didn't debut like Neville. He didn't debut like some of the other... NXT guys who came up who, you know, sort of debuted at the lower level and now have to work their way up. Owens debuted at a higher level, so he's already above them uh, on the on the hierarchy. Right. When you look at John Cena, and, and I think you kind of mentioned in passing earlier uh, Cena as a possibility to take on Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. I think when you look at the ratings being down and John Cena being one of the few proven ratings draws mm-hmm. and he's been mired in this, you know, call it a mid-card feud. It's, it's a secondary title. He's not feuding over the world title. He's not in the main events. Um, I think you could read into Cena winning here in a spot that oh, you could argue Owen should have won and using this win to propel him against Rollins at SummerSlam for a one-off for the title, uh, you're, you'd be reintroducing him and the main event scene again on Raw in major, um, I won't say major time slots, because you know even his U.S. Open challenges were often the top of the hour, second hour, third hour, sure. what have you. Um, but perhaps being on the show more now that he's feuding with Seth Rollins, being of a position of more importance than he has been, and uh, main eventing or, or semi-main eventing uh, another pay-per-view. So, you know, just just looking at one plus one equals two here, I think that's a that's a fair conclusion to draw from the finish of tonight's show. Plus the the low ratings could be you know Seth Rollins looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. There's Cena, who, who's a proven guy. Um, so that that's a possibility that uh, we have to look at heading into SummerSlam. And all the people who thought John Cena was going to be mid card for life for the rest of his career may have to may have to uh, nope. sit through at least one more John Cena WWE World Title match here coming up. Yeah, I, I mean he uh, he's the guy that can cycle back in, and presumably. 
make a difference in the ratings, presumably because um, well, that would be the hope. Anyway. Yeah, I mean that that's the the emergency break glass from the main roster. Now you could bring back Undertaker, you can bring back Sting, you can bring back Triple H in a prominent role, and you do all these sort of things. But from the main roster, it's Cena. He's the guy that you can cycle back to the top and and presumably increase the rating, draw people in, etc. And you, that that makes a lot of sense, Greg, when you look at it from. Okay, if, if Brock's moving away, Rollins is an opponent. If Cena's done with Owens, Cena is an opponent. They can have, and going back to what we were talking about earlier about making Rollins more credible, they can have Rollins win. He's not going to win clean over Cena, but you would you would assume that's a little bit more of a of, a, of an even match than Rollins getting squashed basically by Raw by Lesnar tonight, um, and have that be more of the Owens Cena type match. Rollins looks credible finally. Cena does not win, but then the next time at Raw, Cena still has the U.S. title, and he can go defend the title and get his win back in the, in the open challenge. So I, I think that might be the direction they go. Now, obviously, we don't know for sure because this is very this is a very short-term thing right now. They are, they are um, what's the way to put it, thinking short-term. They're thinking about today. They're not thinking about tomorrow. And... My man might wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I want to go this direction. I mean, like, <laughs> that, that might happen tomorrow. He might come into Raw on Monday and say, I want to go, th- I want to go a different direction than what we talked about. I mean, it's just, it, it's the nature of a creator right now. So, but I, I think that makes a lot of sense to help out both Rollins and Cena and presumably the, you know, the TV show. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I think champion versus champion. We saw, when, when was that, uh, was Cena and Punk? Was that, SummerSlam 11, 12, when they did it uh, after Money in the Bank. Yeah. I think it was 11. Yeah, was it Champion yeah, vs. Champion? Great. Punk was off TV and came back. Um, so I can see him doing that for this year's SummerSlam and, and being uh main event or semi-main event with Taker and Brock, so we'll see. Um, good stuff off of the uh, phone call from Craig. And uh, let's jump on to some more phone calls. Again, the number to reach us here on the show is 646 646- Seven two one nine eight two eight, and let's go to the six seven eight area code. Welcome to the show six seven eight. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? How's it going, gentlemen? This is James from Columbus. James, good to talk to you. What's your mind tonight? Um, I like to start off by saying uh, my my piece on the Undertaker. Like I've never really been an Undertaker fan, and I've been tired of seeing him since he went up against Punk, and I was wishing that Punk would have beat him then. But now it's kind of like. He looks 100 now. I, I do not want to see this fight with him and, and Lesnar because I already know it's going to go. They're going to make him look normal because it's not, you're not going to completely uh, – he, he's not going to do what he did to Cena or anybody else. It's going to be one of those back-and-forth matches, and then somehow he muscles out the victory over this old man. I, I do not want to see it. Um, but just, just moving on to the comments and questions. Um, sure. You know, a lot of people will probably say that, you know, Owens was buried, and I, I hate throwing that term around. I mean, it didn't help that he tapped. I thought that was kind of ludicrous. But, you know, like the other caller said, which I was going to say before he said this, um, but I'll say it now, you know, Ryback, Sandow, Rusev, Bray Wyatt. Before Cena, they were something and had a lot of potential. And I'm not saying that Wyatt and Rusev don't still have potential, but the fact remains the same. You know, Rusev, Riot, uh, Sandow, even Miz, I remember when Miz, before he fought him, he was something. But after, 
it, the pattern is after John Cena is downhill from there. You go to the mountaintop and you fall back down. It is kind of like if if they had a proven track history of Cena making guys, then I would have another opinion. But if you know, Bray, if um, Owens doesn't this Monday do the Cena Open Challenge and win. I really don't have too much faith that he just won't be another fat guy on the roster because I don't mm-hmm. think that Vince ever had any faith in him to begin with, and he tapped out to John Cena, you know, just tonight. And it's I really can't see, based on the track history, that he would be any higher than what he is right now. I would love for it to be that way. I mean, it seems like he, they had all the intentions of doing that. And and it just didn't happen. But uh, I guess going to my my next thing is um, it, it seems like these days they don't strike when the iron is hot. It, it really did feel like tonight was the time to you know give him give him that title. I mean it was a ready made feud with Cesaro, mm-hmm. and you know I, my hopes was um, he would be feuding with Randy Orton because what's Randy Orton doing after? After um, Sheamus, I right. figured you know that that's a a good idea. We can move him on to Cesaro, and after Cesaro, move him on to Orton, and then keep going. You know, but because I really you know because if if that wasn't the idea, then what's the idea with Cena? It's like I really this I don't see anybody else unless you know I don't see anybody else that he can feud with that he hasn't already had a match with in the Open Challenge. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, I mean, it made sense. It would have made sense for Owens to win and then Cena go to the world title. Because what's, um, I mean, the the question coming out of this pay-per-view is, what are the champions doing next? Because it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you take it back to even the primetime players. I mean, you know, the money team to me was the New Day. They're the most entertaining act on the card to me. And, you know, they lost. And if they don't fight him again at um, SummerSlam, who 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 are these faces going to you know? Who, what's the next heel tag team? Mm-hmm. There is none. Or I mean, if you're going to bring up you know, if if it's the Ascension, that's the wrong answer. And if it's oh, Rusev for Cena, that's the wrong answer. And you know, I, I you know I, I'm rambling, but I'm seriously not not seeing the um, the big picture here. Sure. And uh, I guess just to wrap this whole thing up. Um, you know, if I was not well versed in the product right now, I wouldn't know what's going on. We, you know, the human face dynamic is very off. Like, you know, so Cena is a face, but he's acting very heelish on Monday. Um, also the same thing with, uh, with Stephanie. She is a heel, mm-hmm. but, you know, if I didn't know Stephanie, I would think she was a baby face, depending on Monday night and tonight. And Taker, you know, listen, you know, he's a heel to me because I never liked him. But at the same time, it's like everybody's cheering. You know, if, you know, he, he low blows the champion after ruining his his opportunity to win the title. And you know, what's the dynamic? It's it's so topsy turvy right now. It's, it feels like it's you know like how everybody says it is. You know, we we have this idea. Vince changed his mind the last minute. But he doesn't care about loose ends, so nothing makes sense. So it's mm. kind of like, you know, there's there's no real organization, and uh, that's all I have. Have a have a great night. All right, thanks, James. 
If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and on every episode of Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic or listener-submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at S-Y-Y Podcast. That's Stories of Your and Yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I guess this is the perfect time to introduce the answer to all of us. And the answer, Greg, is in the most recent Torch newsletter, the feature column that I put together uh, doing research over a long period of time and putting it all together. It's a cover story in the latest newsletter, um, eight pages, 10,000 words, put a lot of effort into it. And the answer is what the whole conversation with James was about, which is McMahon does not look at the bigger picture. He, in in the sense that if he decides he wants to go one way, he does not look at how that affects everything else. He thinks about what's what he wants to do today, and you know, like tonight he's gonna think about Monday's Raw. He's not thinking about hey, we've got this stuff laid out for three, four, five months. Well, if I completely change this one thing, that shifts the entire dynamic of the entire roster like james said now what for orton now what for sheamus do orton and sheamus have another match and this time sheamus wins they're not in st louis do you put scene in the title picture do you what do you do with owens um like like james said what about stephanie and the whole divas thing it's it's that thing of he's a promoter he's promoting tonight today's show and this is what frustrates creative is that he doesn't see how one thing affects everything. And now we're sitting there seeing looking at SummerSlam, and Greg, we're like, okay, they could do a lot of repeat matches from tonight. They could do some new matches. They could have a champion versus champion, Rollins and Cena. And, and that might work. But what about everybody else? And you look at, look at Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose was in the pay-per-view main event. And, <laughs> and where is he tonight? He's not even on the show. He's barely been on Raw since being the main event of the pay-per-view. They, they don't, and this is the thing that frustrated me researching all this, is that McMahon does not 
have a sense of how the decisions at the top affect everything else. It's like they don't care. When we sit down this conversation about well, how how how's the mid card going to be affected, that's going to be decided in a last minute decision making process, like the day of Raw or you know two weeks from now when they've settled on the main event for SummerSlam. <laughs> Is it going to make sense? It might, but like Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt, I don't. The execution will be very good, and you know, but right up with Roman Reigns who. They still have plans to make a really big deal down the road, but right now, Greg, he's, I think he's a lost character. I think Roman Reigns is a very lost character. Um, and not only because he lost the match tonight, it's Bray Wyatt, but, <coughs> excuse me, overall, I think he's lost. Um, Greg, your reaction to kind of the, the topic uh, with James and, and well, James. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, a lot there. I don't know where to even begin. Uh, so, uh, Roman Reigns, I'll start there because it's the last thing you mentioned. Uh, his match with Bray Wyatt, we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, sort of went the way we kind of talked about on, on Monday. I think it was a cleaner finish than we expected because there was, uh, you know, a pinfall that wasn't, it was indirectly, Luke Harper was indirectly responsible for it. Wyatt still put him in the ring, hit the finish, and got the pin. Right. Um you know, looking at it from the Bray Wyatt point of view, I think putting Luke Harper and, and hopefully inevitably Eric Rowan back with him when Rowan comes back from injury, I think that's the smart move. I don't think they should have been broken up in the first place. So Wyatt has one of his henchmen back again. Uh Certainly don't think this is the end of, of Reigns versus Wyatt. Right. Um you know, Reigns is a guy, if he didn't lose here, is someone we could have talked about maybe facing Rollins at SummerSlam. But then again, you don't want Reigns to lose another high-profile match like that either. You know, that's that's not something you want to put on him because he's had, as the announcers even brought up, he hasn't won by pinfall or submission since this feud with Wyatt started. Right. Um, and that's that's concerning, I think. And, uh, yeah, this, the St. Louis crowd was not buying him tonight. Uh, I thought the match was good. It wasn't great. It was good. And uh probably see five weeks of Roman Reigns versus Luke Harper leading up to Reigns versus Wyatt uh, at, yeah. at SummerSlam. So you can get some pinfalls before SummerSlam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that Reigns gets the win at SummerSlam. And, again, Bray Wyatt loses another big main event. You know, Or not main event, but another big pay-per-view match. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, etc. Um, yeah, uh, I think they've got to re- they've got to rebuild Reigns. You know, if they still have designs on him being a big guy, not not just a big guy, but the big guy down the road, um, I think that that uh, <clears throat> they've still got to rebuild him. And I'm not sure this program's working yet, but they've got, like you said, five, they've got five weeks of him going through Luke Harper now. So there's that, yeah. Uh, let's go to the phone call. James, appreciate your call. Next up, 805 Erie Code. Welcome to the show. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? 805 Erie Code. Nothing from 805. Let's go to the 305 Erie Code. Welcome to the show, 305. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. DJ from Miami. Hey, DJ. What's your mind tonight? I got three quick things. The first thing is the Undertaker thing. Do you think that he came back because they tried to redeem himself, but 
They're also going to get ready for WrestleMania and put him in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he'll do uh, SummerSlam and Royal Rumble, and then, you know, maybe they'll do a casket match or something, and then he'll just retire, and that's what you think they'll – that's what they're doing with him. And um, my second thing is, do you think that John Cena and um, Cesaro is going to uh, go at it, and do you think that they'll give Cesaro the belt just to push him up the ladder a little, and then maybe him and Owens will go at it, and then Owens will win the belt from Cesaro. And my last thing is, um, real quick, is that I, I, I just can't watch tough enough. It's like it's like none of those people. It's just horrible. I, I don't know why they can't just do something like independent, tough enough, not just people off the street. It's just like I'm, I'm not, you know, it's horrible. And that's it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, good to hear from you, DJ. We'll hear from you Monday after all. Yeah, quick note on Tough Enough. Um, I think the premise, I mean, the, the, the whole setup was poorly done with the, you know, fan vote. I think it goes back to the fan vote or the fan videos and, and how they found talent and they brought them in and they found 40 people and they whittled it down to 13. And and then, you know, McMahon is producing the show with no reality TV experience at that level. And it's just been a train wreck at times. I think there've been some moments, but I'm not gonna say the whole thing's a train wreck. But um, there've been some bright spots. But in general, I think the way they set that whole thing up and the way they've executed, McMahon producing, which I found in my research, you know, on, on this big story, um, I think it set the show up for for you know to be doomed. But um, and the ratings reflect that. But you know, <laughs> they got some time, I guess, to fix that show or or wait for somebody to emerge from the pack and, and be relevant. Um. Greg, Undertaker, um, long term. I mean, do, do you see this sort of being a setup for him to ride out at WrestleMania 32? It's in Texas, his home state. Um, Hall of Fame or his Hall of Fame next year, like like 33, WrestleMania 33. Uh, what, what do you make of the long term prospects here for Taker going into WrestleMania? We always have this discussion every year leading up to WrestleMania. Is this going to be the last one? Is this going to be the last one? I think the one in Dallas would be ideal. Uh, for his his last stand, so to speak, and if they are preparing like it's going to be his last stand, it makes sense why they'd bring him back for SummerSlam. Not only because the ratings are down and they want to pop a rating and, and uh, get more eyeballs on Raw, but mm-hmm. also to use up Taker while they can. You know, mm-hmm. if WrestleMania is his final destination, so to speak. You know, they they want to use all the dates they can on them while they can, and if that's SummerSlam and if that's the Rumble, and then they can bill WrestleMania as his last match, if they even do that. Uh, who knows if they'll actually call it his last match going in. But uh, I, I could see a, a more ramped-up schedule for Taker going forward if WrestleMania next year, if they have designs on that being his final, his final match. Mm-hmm. Put him in a casket match, yeah. Uh, that'd be kind of a fitting way to. Symbolic, so, I, 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 certainly. Yeah, it'd be kind of fitting, you know. I kind of like the idea from DJ. Uh, they won't do it, but I think it'd be kind of that'd be kind of a fun way for him to ride out. Um, so Sorrow and perhaps getting to Owens as U.S. title holder or Cesaro as U.S. title holder, and then Owens feuding with him for the U.S. title. Um, that's interesting, you know. Obviously, if, like, Cena won the title from Rollins at SummerSlam, which, you know, I mean, we sit here now and say no way, but if the ratings stayed down, McMahon was likely to pull the trigger on that and go with Cena as champion, then, yeah, you might have to have a new U.S. champion. And I think Cesaro and Owens would be a pretty good feud for that belt. So 
that's the only way I see them getting to that point. But I think I think Cesaro and Owens have a really good feud ready to go. Problem is, if it's not for the U.S. title, is it important? And that's a big question mark. Greg, what do you think? I think it would have been, with Cesaro being a babyface, it would have been smarter to have Owens beat Cena then go on to feud with Cesaro rather than have uh, Cesaro beat Cena and then feud with Owens as the champion, which is what I think DJ suggested. Um, It just seemed like it would add an extra step in there. And and Cesaro beating Cena as a babyface I don't think would make a lot of sense. yeah, I'd like to see a Cesaro Owens feud. Certainly, I think that would be really, uh, really good, and, and um, could go a long way into improving the stock of both men, uh, particular Cesaro, because yeah. the matches are guaranteed to be good. Uh, so I would be all for that, but I don't want to see it as two guys fighting in the mid card in an opening match on a pay per view. I want to see it as U.S. title on the line and, and a match of great importance and, you know, the semi-main event or, or somewhere in that arena of a, of a special event. Uh, doubling back real quick to, to Reigns and Wyatt, we've got an email from Christian who says he thinks he'll go with Wyatt and Harper against Reigns and Ambrose at SummerSlam as opposed to what we've been talking about with uh, Reigns get a one-on-one victory over Wyatt at SummerSlam. The, t- the tag match is interesting because it would presumably allow Reigns to get a win, but not have Wyatt get a loss and have Harper lose to Reigns. Uh, Greg, what do you make of a, of a tag match instead of another one-on-one between Reigns and Wyatt? Man, see, my instinct is to say you should have run the tag match at Battleground mm-hmm. and then have the Reigns-Wyatt match evolve out of that for SummerSlam. SummerSlam's the bigger event. You want the bigger match at at SummerSlam. And the bigger match, no doubt, is a one-on-one singles match between Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns. Uh, but this is where the short-sightedness of Vince McMahon would come in, as you wrote about in your fantastic uh, column in the Torch this past week, is, you know, if yesterday Vince McMahon thought of putting Luke Harper back with Bray Wyatt, then, okay, yeah, I could see I could see it happening at SummerSlam because it was a, a spur-of-the-moment decision and yeah. this feud wasn't thought out all the way through. So certainly given the mechanics of WWE creative these days, uh, I don't think we can rule that match out. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. You know, it would, <laughs> it would also make sure Ambrose gets on the show <laughs> um, with him. Yeah. Not even making Battleground tonight. So, well, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, let's go to an AIVI. Phone call out of the two one three area code. Ruben, Ruben, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, guys. Good to hear from you. What's your mind tonight? Oh, I a lot of stuff. I mean, Battleground was a pretty good pay per view overall. But can somebody explain to me why Undertaker would wait a year and a half <laughs> to come back and get revenge on Brock Lesnar? Uh, and more importantly. If he was going to get revenge on Brock Lesnar to begin with, why would he switch his focus from Lesnar to Bray Wyatt back to Lesnar? This doesn't make any sense to me, and if you can explain that to me, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Monopoly. Oh, sweet. Um, I'll give it a stab. So, um, I think that Taker lost. He needed to get his confidence back. Bray Wyatt poked the bear. 
And Taker went ahead and took care of Bray at WrestleMania. And then fast forward, you know, three months later, Heyman starts poking the bear, bringing up the fact that Brock beat the streak uh, on consecutive Raws. Taker comes back. And now he's going after Lester because Lester is starting bragging about it again. Now, you can say, well, Heyman spent the better part of six months <clears throat> after last year's WrestleMania bragging about breaking the streak. Why didn't why didn't Taker come back for him to come back for Lester after last year's Mania? And that's where it all kind of falls apart. How about Greg? Greg, you want to go for the thousand hour question? What what's well? How how if this were legitimate? If this was a real story? Um. Please care to explain why now and, and why Taker would go after Brock now. Okay. Taker loses to Lesnar, WrestleMania. Obviously suffered injuries from that match, concussion and whatnot. Sure. So uh, capitalizing on that and going after Lesnar immediately afterward was just not in the discussion. By the time he got himself healthy again, of course, Lesnar goes away. And Lesnar... Goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back. So for Taker, it's hard for him to plan on uh, when the right time was to to take out uh, take out Lesnar. Now in the build up to last year's WrestleMania, Taker figured Lesnar would get cocky, call him out again, and want to prove that he could beat him again. And that's when Taker would take his revenge. However, it was Bray Wyatt who called out Taker. Taker's like, mm-hmm. "Well, I got to answer this." <laughs> the win, like you said, over Wyatt gave him some confidence. He felt good, and of course. Then, after he beat Wyatt, he's like, okay, now I'm good. I can go after Lesnar again. I felt good. I got the win back. I'm ready to go. Of course, the night after WrestleMania, Lesnar gets suspended, isn't on TV for a while. So Taker has to wait again. Lesnar comes back going after the title that he lost at WrestleMania. So what better time for Taker to get his revenge as when Lesnar is about to win back the WWE world title and stop him from doing that? I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm satisfied with that explanation. I think that, that makes yeah. about as much it's sense as you, as you come up with, yeah. with this. But Yeah, it's there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of, you know, it, this is, like I said earlier, a year and a half in the making. So there's a lot of time chunks of time that you have to explain away that mm. are very hard to explain away. <laughs> I think it just comes down to they needed a main event for SummerSlam, and <laughs> McMahon looked at his options and said, oh, let's yeah. bring back to the <laughs> <laughs> Realistically, yes, that's what happened. But, yeah. but storyline-wise, I am curious to see how they do kind of have Heyman explain this, you know, in his way of explaining things. So I could see, I could see, I could see one of the bright-eyed writers the new oh, one sitting in a creative meeting tomorrow, pitching this whole spiel like we're doing, like getting really excited and going over these hand motions like, okay, Lesnar, and then Taker did this while he was out. And, and Vince is just staring at him and says, oh, my God, I'll just do – we don't have to go into the, all these explanations. I just want Taker and Lesnar at SummerSlam. Forget about all that. Yeah, nobody cares about the backstory. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just want to know what's going on next. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know how much of an explanation is going to be presented on television. That's. I, I think exactly how you just illustrated it. We might not get much, but Ruben was that at least satisfying that we took a stab at it. Yeah, well, you guys don't get the thousand dollars, but I mean that's a good try. No. I'll take twenty dollars. You know. Hey, you know what? How about how about I renew my membership next month? There we go. We have conducted business on the live cast. This is this is productive. I like it. I like it, Ruben. <laughs> Anything else for us tonight? Uh, just, I mean, the obvious stuff going on. Like, where do we go next? Um, I think, I guess, the, the, the big question would be uh, fantasy book, where you think Seth Rollins is going to end up on on the pay-per-view. I mean, there's not many options for him unless they kind of just do a throwaway championship match, which they might end up doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, we talked about the, the Cena champion versus champion. We got an email from Michael Lee who suggested the Rollins Triple H match, which has been, you know, rumored and speculated on for a couple months. I, I just, again, I, I feel like that's a rush job, but, you know, so is bringing back Undertaker to face Brock and Russ at SummerSlam. Uh, Greg, if you had to, if you had to pick champion versus champion, Rollins and Cena, or Rollins Triple H, whether or not it's for the belt or not, Probably irrelevant at this point with how little they've emphasized the belt um, going to this pay-per-view and the, you know, the way the main event played out. Of, of those two options, unless you have a better option for number three, uh, give me some thoughts on where, where Rollins ends up for SummerSlam. Well, I like Rollins Cena better than Rollins Triple H. I, I don't think it's time to go Rollins Triple H yet. I think right now you know, he, he fought Brock Lesnar without any help. Uh, coming off of the last pay-per-view where he won without any help and still is the champion. So I don't think there's a real reason right now for Triple H and Rollins to go at it at SummerSlam. Uh, so Rollins Cena seems to make more sense. Now, in addition, James, to the rumors of The Undertaker coming back, which came to fruition tonight, mm-hmm. Sting uh, and the possibility of him being used in some capacity at SummerSlam have also been making the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, hi. Do you see him coming back for SummerSlam? Maybe they they obviously wouldn't want to bring Taker and Sting both back on one show. Maybe Sting shows up on Raw. Something develops from there. Um, 
where do you see him fitting in, if at all, at SummerSlam? Um, who did he face at uh, at WrestleMania? Triple H. <laughs> um, I could see Seth and Sting. Um, like some sort of backward sort with Triple H and Sting at the respect and. And Hunter brings in Sting to be like a test for Seth, and this kind of goes in the second part with well, Michael Lee email where he suggested um, Seth and, and Triple H, and then Triple H brings out Sheamus to cash in the briefcase on Seth, and we kind of have a SummerSlam for the 2012 with Orton repeat. Um, and have Sting beat Seth, Sheamus cashes in. Um, that's a possibility, you know, um, but I, you know, I'm not high on that I idea. Just, I just I don't, don't, I don't know where Sting fits uh, in. Unless, I really don't. Uh, uh, unless something develops in the next few weeks, I just don't get a sense where Triple H would be upset with Rollins enough to either force Sheamus to cash in, you know, hoping Sheamus wins, uh, or if Triple H takes on Rollins himself. You know, I think right now we are seeing the the best of times, I guess, of the Rollins-Triple H relationship because Rollins truly is doing it on his own. He may have been on his way to a loss tonight, but he walked out as champion. And to the authority and to Triple H, that should be of what's of most importance is that Rollins left as champion. So I'm not seeing a Triple H-Rollins. I'm not seeing a reason for it right now. And, of course, something could happen tomorrow. I don't to completely change the dynamic, but um, it, it's hard for me to see right now given the way things are going. I can see a situation where Seth is just so braggadocious and so over the top and like, oh my gosh, I dominated Brock and he's bragging about Hunter. I did it all by myself and Hunter's sitting there saying, okay, you got destroyed. And the only reason why you didn't lose is because Undertaker interrupted the match. And Hunter gets just fed up with Seth over a period of two weeks, maybe, or, or one show. It could be a played out over one show. And, and that sets up, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to do it myself or I'm going to, I'm tired of this. I'm going to bring in this guy and maybe, you know, Sting shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you got the authority playing baby faces with Stephanie bringing in, you know, the new NXT call-ups and maybe Hunter says, I'm bringing in Sting, you know, baby face. And then they have this whole mutual respect thing from WrestleMania. So that's a, you know, those are possibilities is that. Hunter gets just fed up with Seth being so over the top braggadocious when everybody knows he just got destroyed by Brock, and they might go that mm-hmm. route. Again, I'm not, a, not I'm not favoring that. Um, I don't like the idea of Seth and Hunter at SummerSlam, but um, they don't have a lot of options for Seth besides the champion versus champion or something else that we're not looking at right now. So I don't know, Greg. <laughs> it's it's hard to say with Seth right now. Yeah. Um, Ruben, appreciate uh, the phone call. Good to hear from you. Let's see who's up next. Uh, let's go next to the six three one area code. Welcome to the show six three one. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Kyle from Long Island. Hey Kyle, good to hear from you. What's your mind tonight? Um, I'm one of the few people that are really worried about SummerSlam because of NXT the night beforehand and how mm-hmm. great the selling has been. And tonight I thought it was lackluster that you really don't know what's going on tomorrow. I just want your guys' opinions on that. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot more interest in NXT uh, TakeOver than SummerSlam right now, Greg, even after tonight. I mean, would you, would you agree with that, or are we, are we shortchanging 
SummerSlam and or you know Undertaker and Brock Lesnar? Well, I think that's a little unfair because we haven't really started the build up to SummerSlam yet. Mm-hmm. So you know we we've seen some things being set in motion for uh, for Takeover before we've seen anything for SummerSlam. And sure, to a certain percentage of the fans, NXT has sort of captured their hearts and uh, anything NXT is is good. Um, But to the casual fan, I still think SummerSlam is probably the bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely casual fan. Um, I am curious if they... I'm curious how they market that show, you know, like on main television. We we saw the the network mm-hmm. special, which was a little bit of a hybrid NXT and main roster, was marketed around Brock Lesnar and, you know, sort of being in Japan, live from Japan. So you look at an NXT special that's happening on a Saturday in the arena before SummerSlam in the same arena and Raw two nights later. I wonder how they market that show to – Casual viewers, because like you said, yeah, SummerSlam's got more interest from casual viewers, but can they bring NXT up to a, a, a certain level that's higher than it is right now in the eyes of casual people with whether it is Kevin Owens, whether it is bringing up Finn Balor, whether it is having Samoa Joe on the main roster, because Joe's going to be a part of that NXT TakeOver special. So I wonder what they do to drum up interest in that special simultaneous to Build up SummerSlam uh, with three hours of fill and that sort of thing. Um, Greg, could you see them doing more than NXT on main television over these next five weeks going to SummerSlam? Or do you know, kind of keep in the separate universe like they've been doing with the previous NXT TakeOver specials? I think in order to keep the feel of NXT, you, you don't want to hype it too much. Mm. You know, part of what's great about NXT for a lot of fans is it doesn't have the WWE fingerprints on it. It's, mm. it's feels separate from WWE and because WWE is, is seen as this, um, stale product and NXT is this new exciting thing, even though it's under the WWE umbrella, it's separate enough to where fans feel it's cool and it's, Still sort of that underground feel where only the hardcore fans know about it, even though uh, the attendance last night at the NXT house show I went to uh, certainly belies that point. Um, <laughs> there's more on that in my Torch column coming up this week. But um, I think there is that feel that, that you know NXT is sort of grittier and it's, it's not as produced as WWE. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm sort of rambling here, but you run the risk of by shining the spotlight on NXT on Raw or SmackDown, it loses that special feeling. Now, if you're WWE, of course you want more people to watch NXT, so what, you know, what's the solution there? Plug it more on the main roster, so mm-hmm. when they do go off tours, they do draw the big crowds, and you can make more money from it. Um, so it's a push-pull situation here. Um, where you're going to alienate some fans by making it visible um, on the main roster and to a certain percentage making it uncool by having mm. the focus on NXT on, on Raw and SmackDown if they go that route. Mm. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that is a really interesting perspective. Um, if they do more than just, oh, Kevin Owens, if they do more than just, oh, here's the NXT women call-ups, 
if they all of a sudden mm-hmm. have an, a whole hour of NXT matches that kind of water down NXT brand, yeah, that that might damage sort of the underground rebel, not rebellious, but just sort of the the counter to the main roster feel to that show. But you know, then again, if Finn Bauer yeah. shows up on NXT with the title, that might get some people excited. So it's that, like you said, it is that tug and pull. Which way do you want to go? Yeah. Um. Right, let me reset real quick at the top of the. Uh, well, we're not near the top of the hour. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> it's almost time for New Japan G1 Climax. That's what time it is. Here at the here at the 11:45 p.m. Central Time hour. This is a live cast post game show, Battleground Edition. I'm Torch Assistant Editor James Caldwell, joined by Torch columnist Greg Parks. All of our coverage of Battleground at pwtorch.com plus VIP audio, the roundtable. Let's take a peek if the roundtable is up yet. And it is. Wake Hour, Bruce Mitchell, Todd Martin. In-depth on the show going, is that an 80? Yeah, 80 minutes on Battleground for VIP members. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip if you're not a VIP member. Find out, subscribe, get access to the roundtable simultaneous to our show. And uh, plus, uh, as we mentioned, the cover story in this week's Torch newsletter. Actually, we did two newsletters last week. We had so much content. That's with your VIP sub, including Greg Parks, all over the place with great columns, plus Moonlight and Greg Parks, audio show, all that comes with your sub. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP is the place to go. Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, Find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And let's go to another phone call. Next up here on the Post Game Show is the 601 area code... Welcome to show 601. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Hey, boy. This is Sergeant Robson. I was sitting in the dark room. Oh, no. Yeah, when I heard the words, uh, Owen taps out to (laughs) Cena. Then I'm hearing these stuff about y'all guys. Keep talking about some low blow by Undertaker to uh, Brock Lesnar. (laughs) 
I mm-hmm. say, uh, I guess we're going to reword the term of battleground to burial city. <laughs> the word that everyone hates for me to say that comes out. When I say it, everyone hates it. So burial city has returned. Why, for the love of of pure sanity, did I ever expect John Cena to lose a feud to anyone? And like y'all said earlier, Everyone he's wrestled, Sandow had him with an inch arm. Still, somehow he ate aid him and kept the towel while being cashed in on Money the Bank. He buried the entire Nexus. He's buried Ryback. Heck, he's buried more people now than Triple H's son-in-law. So congratulations, Triple H, for passing up your golden barrel show to John Cena. And Greg Parks, if you're still listening, about you trying to insert the man back into world tile pitches, we don't want I to look like the internet thing. Ain't no one got time for that. I don't want the man to break Ric Flair's streak, so let's keep uh, seeing on the back burner. Ric Flair is somewhere right now looking around like, oh, please don't bring this man back. And well, I didn't say I didn't say he had to win. I just say he would <laughs> wrestle Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I brought that one up in the idea that Cena would lose, but then he'd get his win back in like the U.S. title challenge the next night on Raw, on Raw, still being U.S. champion. But I don't. It's it's an option. It's an option. Go ahead, Serge. Oh boy, if y'all can see the the look on my eyes right now, <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping for some damage control. Please let Owens come through and destroy the man for the. Uh, Open challenge because I mean, she whiz. Why was this? Why must this man always be secretly pushed? I is the, the tolerance we have for the man center. It's bad when you you try not to wish bad on somebody, but everyone else gets injured. Hadea Tomo, Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan. You're trying to be evil, but you just want a little something minor to happen to Cena for him to go out. Just stay gone for a while. Don't take the uh, Super Cena reproach about coming back within two weeks. We want you to be legit gone like Lucha Underground gone. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. And I'm sorry, cheap plug like Mick uh, Foley says, Lucha Underground season finale is going to be worth it because I already know what happens. Y'all have fun, guys. Let me go out for I forget this is a PG show and go off on a tangent. All right, Sarge. I, you know, it, it's it's the booking. It's the McMahon philosophy. It's not just you know, it's not just Cena saying, uh, um, "I want all these guys' careers to be ruined by a feud with me and then coming and going back down the card." Right. It is. It's the McMahon booking philosophy. It is the Hulk Hogan. It's the Stone Cold. It's the Rock. It's it's just that people like Stone Cold and people like the Rock, and so it was more palatable. And if you would have dropped Hulk Hogan in this era, people would have been sick of him. It just so happens that John Cena is the guy who's in that spot, the the guy who you know, the hero who comes out on top. That that's the booking, and that's the the ultimate driving force of what McMahon thinks about is the top guy. You know, what do we have for Cena, and who's he gonna beat? Okay, we got this big dude from NXT. All right, we'll give him a win, but he's not winning the feud. I mean, that that's just that's the philosophy. Cena goes out on top because also they've got bigger things for Cena. Um, he has got to be in the main event again soon, whether that's SummerSlam, whether that's 
Night Champions, whether it's Royal Rumble, whether it's WrestleMania, who knows when he goes. I mean, it could be one month, it could be six months. He'll be back in the main event scene, and they've got to build him back to that point because that's where the money is made. And that's a philosophy because they've built, at the end of the day, this company is built around the top star, which is John Cena. And that's a justification for having him beat Kevin Owens in the feud. And you just hope that Owens is protected coming out of the program. Being a guy that kind of gave Owen, gave Cena something to do for three months. They don't mean to downplay it like, oh, there was just a nothing feud. They, 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 you know, they made Owens a big deal for a little while. But in the, the day, it's about Cena. It, it's, it's about Cena at the end of the day. That's the, that's the deal. So, um, Greg, can you react to, uh, hopefully the last topic on Cena <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, the way, the way I, things come well, out with Cena? You know, James, I hope that when Cena retires, I'm still writing for the torch. I hope when Cena retires, we're still doing live casts because I'm interested to see what Sarge calls in about uh, after Cena retires. We can no longer complain about him. Um, will he find a new Cena to hate? Will he suddenly fall in love with the product? I- I'm sort of on pins and needles wondering what's going to happen when Cena retires and, and uh, he can no longer be Sarge's whipping boy. Which, I know you're being funny when you say that, but I think actually that's kind of going to factor into a lot of the pick for who the next top guy is. Um, I think they're going to want to pick a guy who's, you know, like John Cena, cut from the same cloth, but has the respect of, you know, people who watch for the wrestling or watch for a strong character or watch for, you know, a heroic baby face who's also not cheesy. And whoever that person is, I think they want to find that person who kind of appeals to everybody so that we don't have the conversation about, oh, here comes another victory for John Cena, another feud for Cena, he wins. Um, I think people want to be, they want people to be excited that when XYZ top babyface wins a feud, people are like, all right, yes, I'm excited about this. I, I think that's where Triple H will come in and, and kind of be a voice to, to McMahon and say, Okay, this top guy, this potential top guy, has all the intangibles we're looking for, but he's also respected in the ring. And that's where Roman Reigns fell short going to WrestleMania, is he was not respected in the ring, and there was such a vocal outpouring of, of angst for Reigns in that spot that they eventually just had to they had to give in and, and not go with Reigns as the winner of WrestleMania. Um and that's where, you know, maybe a Finn Bauer, I'll put this in the column, Finn Bauer might be that guy. Um, I have no insight on whether he is that guy, but I'm just I'll throw out a name out there that, you know, has a respect, kind of fits the mold of a Cena. Um, he can wrestle like heck. So is he that guy who fits all the characteristics? Well, he has an accent. <laughs> you know, man, it was, oh, he has an accent. People don't understand what he's saying. So there's that. I mean, there's always something. There's always something with, with that situation. So I don't know who the person is. There's always something you can poke a hole at. And that way, you know, that means we might get five more years of Cena. And five more, five more years of phone calls about Cena. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, Greg. Um, let's go to the phone call. Next up, 478 area code. Welcome to show 478. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Darrell from Georgia. Darrell from hey, Darrell. Georgia. Yeah, our one caller that we got through last month in the live cast. So you get um, yeah, you get to keep the streak going. Yeah. Yeah, the one who got the only one question in last Monday night. 
post game show. <laughs> you were the one in twenty one and one. That's that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. Go ahead, Drew. Oh okay, I have three questions. Two I'm gonna ask um simultaneously. Well one is not really a question. It was just about your Roman Reigns guy. Um for the past while I've been saying how he's like the day cutler of the um mm. of the WWE. <laughs> Always we hype on his potential. Potential got the great throwing um and whatever, but never really taps in that potential on a full time basis. Mm. I wanna hear y'all thoughts on about that because I've been saying it for the longest and my first real question is for WWE chilling a year of booking for a cheap night pop with the Undertaker, uh, with the Undertaker comeback, mm-hmm. I, I think that what about this? They should make this into a triple threat between mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, Undertaker, and Brock Lesnar, so Seth can get a win under and on Undertaker probably, and Brock Lesnar, who doesn't need to be pinned yet, get um save his streak of two years not being pinned because if they're trying to sell us with the main event of SummerSlam being Undertaker versus Brock, which we know both of those guys are only going to be on the next five week of build probably twice on Raw. What do y'all think about that situation? That's my first real question. Yeah, um, that triple threat's been sitting in the back of my mind, Greg, um, as we've gone through some potential title scenarios at SummerSlam. You know, it's not WrestleMania, so it's not doesn't have the oomph of a streak match with Taker involved. But I don't want to see a triple threat uh, with Brock, Taker, and Seth. Um, but it's there because you know we we've talked about you know is Taker a heel? Is Brock a heel? Is Brock a face? Taker, you know, this is where you can introduce the old tweener here with Taker and Seth a clear heel and Brock a clear face and Taker the in between guy. I'm not saying I like it, and I don't want to see a triple threat, but Greg, it, it makes it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, what's your reaction to that possibility? Well, it kind of makes sense if you want to protect the Undertaker as far as physically. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to put him in a straight up one on one match. Um, that would be a way to protect him and get more mileage out of him, other than just WrestleMania. Like if you wanted to do SummerSlam and. You know, maybe Survivor Series because that's where he debuted, or the Royal Rumble, or something like that. Uh, I think if they were going the direction of a triple threat, he would have attacked both men tonight, and not mm-hmm. just Lesnar. Um, that's just my instinct that that that's something WWE would have done. Um, you know, you could look and say, well, did Triple H bring back the Undertaker because he didn't want Lesnar to win the title, but also he's not. You know, I, my head is hurting thinking of all these triple H related storylines at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because you know, would he bring would he bring back the Undertaker because he doesn't want Lesnar to have the title because he's too much of a head case? You know, they had to suspend him after WrestleMania, but also he's not happy for some reason with Rollins as champion. So then he, they make it a triple threat because. Lesnar deserves a rematch for the title, and, and Heyman would make the case that the match didn't end. It was a no contest tonight for WWE.com. Um, but, you know, Triple H, why, of all people, why would he bring back The Undertaker? I, I don't know. It's just that, that's difficult for me to put, wrap my head around. Yeah, I, I could give you uh, maybe some of the playoff and the idea that 
Seth isolated himself, and no Kane, no J&J, all the backups gone. And Hunter, having been in the ring with Brock and having, you know, poked the bear, that you know, knowing what would happen when you poked the bear with Rollins did, knew that Rollins was going to get destroyed, and he had no chance of winning, so he had to have Taker sort of as a backup. Um, and then you get to the whole so question Taker of, like, why Taker would Hunter bring in to, Taker? Taker was there to protect the title, basically. Right. Rollins. Correct. How do you, Not like in a henchman role, get, but just in a hired assassin type deal. Well, that would I would think that would make him heal too. Um, but then, how would you get putting him in a triple threat match with the title on the line against Rollins? If you if there had to be if some sort of concession, like Rollins. Hunter said, okay, I, um, I, you know, I need this. I'll be, I'm willing to give you a title shot. But then it's like, well, I would take her care about the title. He didn't care about the belt. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, you also have to look at it from the fans' point of view. Is who's going to believe Taker's going to win that match, mm. um, knowing that he is such a part-timer? Yeah, they did it with Lesnar, but that flopped. So, you know, we're, we're coming off years of Taker only wrestling at WrestleMania. Yes, mm-hmm. he did come back at, at Battleground here tonight, but um, despite the, the aura of The Undertaker still, I think, for a lot of people being there, um, I don't know a lot of people who would truly buy him winning the title. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Right. And, and it, you know, it. I want the belt to be valued, but the belt seems beneath Taker. You know, it just it doesn't seem like something his character would care about. Um. And that's yeah. part of the, guess, the hard part. Yeah, you can have some fans get sentimental and think, well, maybe they'll put the title on him because it's his last run. 
Mm. Uh, and that would be, but I mean, is that really why what you want fans thinking going into a title match that, that the <laughs> title is of such little importance that you're willing to put it on a guy who, you know, wrestles once a year just because it's going to be his last run? I don't think that's really what you want the mindset to be going into a title match. Yeah, it, it's there. You know, the three ways there. I, I, I think there's too many reasons not to do it. Um, than reasons that it would, you know, because you could make it make sense with all the things that happened tonight. But if you want to go that route, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. The only other I think idea I have is that Taker says, you know, I want to get my hands on Brock and, and Triple H and Heyman and say, well, Brock's going to rematch against Seth because the match never ended. Technically, Brock never lost, et cetera, et cetera. Bell never sounded, et cetera. And Tigger says, okay, add me to this t- title match so I can get my hands on Brock. And so it's not so much about the belt, but it's so much about he just wants to get his hands on Brock, and this is the way he can do it is being in this title match. So that's and, and a, really, a possibility. It, if you want to be honest about it, the only reason the triple threat is a viable option is because there are so few other viable options out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially a hot shot booking this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow, man, I got a lot to sort out. So, you know, and all and all comes back to like where does Cena end up in all this? You know, just, yeah, uh, you know, because he's still the top star. You know, is if they don't championship, he does he know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Jay Cutler, the the Roman Reigns Jay Cutler comment from from Drell. That that's actually pretty interesting. Um, I'm trying to like. like yeah, I mean, Jay's been in the top of the mountain. He's been in some uh, NFC Championship game. Maybe one with the Bears, so. He's been there. He's not like he's never made, like, a championship game. Got injured in the game. Um, Jay Culler, quarterback for the Bears. What do you make of that comparison to Roman Reigns, Craig? WWE better hope that Roman Reigns turns out a little better than Jay Culler. Yeah. yeah he's, he's the, the prototypical quarterback of he's, Good enough to get you to the playoffs, but not good enough to get over that hump. And, you know, that's sort of that the, the tag Andy Dalton has, too. Now, mm. Cincinnati Bengals, you know, he's taken the, the, the Bengals to the playoffs, I believe, every season he's quarterbacked, and they haven't won, uh, haven't won a playoff game yet. Mm. So you want somebody who can get you over that hump, who can be a legitimate main eventer and can be accepted by the bulk of your fans as a main eventer. Um and, uh, you know, it may take a little longer than usual for a guy like Roman Reigns. Um, WWE's just got to exhibit some patience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully they book him with an eye toward him, you know, being that guy down the line, if that is indeed still their plan. Even while he's not at that point yet, you don't want to treat him like just some other guy and then all of a sudden say, oh, it's time to make Roman Reigns our star again. It's WrestleMania season. Mm. Um, you don't want to have him treading water that entire year. You always want to book him with an eye toward, okay, let's remember this is the guy we want to carry the company after Cena steps down or, you know, this is the guy we want to carry the company for the next 10 years. So even if he's in a mid-card feud with Bray Wyatt, let, let's book finishes, let's book angles, let's book storylines with that in mind. 
Because it's correct. Thing. Do, you, do you think he was protected tonight? They had Harper, you know, do the uh, interference at the end. Reigns loses after that. Was that enough protection, or was that just okay? We we've seen that so many times. It's not really protection anymore. It's just sort of part of matches now. Yeah, to a to a degree, it was protection. Um, you know, Bray Wyatt is a guy too who. Uh, I went into this matchup thinking neither guy can really afford to lose here. And that's yeah. what led me to the the disqualification ending or, or something where there wasn't a definitive winner prediction for that match. So, yeah, Reigns lost, but it was because of outside interference. Um, I still think he'll, he'll, in the end, go over strongly in this feud. I think when all is said and done, he'll come out the winner. So that eases my mind a little bit about what happened tonight. Sure. Let's go to our next phone call. Darrell, thank you for your call. We'll talk to you again on Monday night. Uh, let's go to the 718 area code. Welcome to the show 718. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Hey, James. Glad you're going on. Mike from Boston. How you guys doing? Hey, doing good, Mike. What's your mind tonight? Well, pretty much, I mean, guys said it all, covered everything. I mean, I kind of sort of agree with Greg. You know, like, um, I don't think, you know, the few possibly might not be over between seeing their own. Mm-hmm. You know, we might possibly see a, a fourth match because I think he did four matches with Rusev. So it's possible he might see a four match or a champion or a champion. You know, the Undertaker thing, you know, I kind of saw it coming once they start, you know, setting up he's going to be on Raw, which I think that'll be good for, you know, for Brooklyn crowd. But, you know, like everybody else, I'm more pumped for the, you know, the TakeOver show and the ROA show to run because I'm going to all three shows all weekend. So. Nice. And also, you know, yeah, and I definitely, you know, we're calling at that time and, you know, giving guys, you know, live feedback from the show. Which makes me think, Greg, you know, we might have to do a, uh, NXT TakeOver post-game show on Saturday of SummerSlam. This is TBD, of course, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. Maybe, uh, maybe a lecture. A lecture for the live two, cast. Two, post- two post shows in a row, huh? For me, it'll be three. It'll be, uh, <laughs> if I do TakeOver, SummerSlam, and Raw. Man, we might do three, oh, that's you true. know. Um, what is the G1 climax like in? I need to look that up too. When is, what is it? When is the G1 Climax fight? It's August 16th, so, okay, that's the weekend before. Okay. I was thinking it was the same weekend as SummerSlam, and then I'd just lose my mind. But, um, <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that'd be way too much, but, um, yeah, I mean, that, that NXT TakeOver show is going to be really interesting to see how it shapes out card-wise, and, and, uh, who does Samoa Joe, or, or I, I think we kind of have an idea of who Joe might face based on the last TV tapings, but how do they market Joe? And how do they market, uh, you know, Finn Balor against Kevin Owens and, and all those sorts of things. So, Mike, it's going to be a busy, busy weekend that weekend. So we definitely appreciate uh, your perspective being there live and on the ground. Uh, and like you mentioned, Ring of Honor as well, Field of Honor. They've got a big card for the same night as uh, TakeOver. We might have to do a double a double live cast post-game show, TakeOver and uh, Field of Honor. If we get results, obviously we need some results. I don't think it's being broadcast, so. I was going to say, it would be, it'd be tough to do a post-show on a show that's not broadcast. <laughs> we have no idea what happened tonight, but call in and we'll discuss. Yeah. 
Um, yes, that would make for an interesting live cast. Uh, yeah, Mike would be the first caller to give us the results, and then we can go from there. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Mike, appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Uh, we'll talk to you again hopefully tomorrow night on the Raw Post Game Show. A quick reminder, I will be back on Monday night for the Raw Post Game Show. We'll have Pat McNeil on Monday uh, to kind of mix it up. A little bit of Greg tonight, a little bit of Pat tomorrow. And we'll take your phone calls on Raw and see what the fallout is from tonight's Battleground pay-per-view. Right here again, 1130 Eastern, Monday night after Raw, right here at PWTorchLiveCast.com. Let's go to our next call. And next up is the 616 area code. Welcome to the show 616. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? 616, you're on the air. And all right. Let's try another phone call. Next up is the 816 area code. Welcome to show 816. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Travis from Kansas City. Hey, Travis. What's your mind tonight? Um, I just had two quick questions, and I wanted to let you know I'll be at Raw tomorrow night. It's in Kansas City tomorrow night. Sweet. Um, yeah, we appreciate a report to uh, pwtorch at gmail.com. Always appreciate a live report from Raw. Definitely. Go ahead, Travis. I thought I might call it. I thought I might call in on the post game show. Hey, that works too. Yeah, we we like live correspondence. Yeah, definitely. Go for it. And then the other thing was, do you guys see since the Carver was involved tonight, maybe there being like a tag team with Harper and Wyatt going against Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins? Rollins. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to happen. And we had an email suggestion that for SummerSlam. Greg, I I, <laughs> I kind of picture that being on uh, an episode of SmackDown. You know, <laughs> I mean, do they just throw it out there on a SmackDown that uh, you'll you'll diligently cover, of course, on the uh, PeopleTorch.com. I was going to say, why are, you, why, why are you laughing when you say that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's it was like midnight. And <laughs> just just the thought of, like, they put this big tag match on SmackDown and no hype, and, and then, you know, I'm like, at least make a big deal out of it, you know what I mean? Just, just even for Greg's sake, make a big deal out of the match. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that's a tag match that's definitely going to happen, I think. The million-dollar question is, as it went an email suggestion, SummerSlam or maybe an episode of Raw or an episode of SmackDown, uh, oh, I'll throw it to you, Greg. What, what, the first time that tag match happens, because you know what's going to happen, will be on an episode of Raw, an episode of SmackDown, or SummerSlam. I think it would be Raw. Uh, I, I don't know that they would. Well, they they don't usually do tag matches like that on on pay per view. Yeah. Um. So that's that's my thinking there. And like I talked about earlier, it's kind of backwards booking from where they are now with uh, having just done a singles match. So I would say, I would say Raw, um, but I wouldn't rule out SmackDown at all. I wouldn't rule out it being the main event. Um, and I'll like already this, tell you, third, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll already give you my thoughts on the match. Uh, a good solid uh, fifteen minute match, um, you know, usual SmackDown main event, and uh, everybody worked hard, and uh, it was a good good TV main event. Wait a second, Greg. Wait a second. Did you just break your gimmick of not commenting on a main event on SmackDown in your, in your report? Well, or is it not counting the audio? It doesn't count because it hasn't happened yet. It's a joke. <laughs> but come on, you got to admit, 
you went into my reading my report on Friday, and you wondered if I was after our discussion on Monday. There was some there was some curiosity on your part, wondering if I would have finally broken the streak, wasn't there? There was. Oh yes, it was in my <laughs> mind. I was I was reading through your report, going through each match, enjoying your analysis, uh-huh. and then I scrolled to the main event, and I said, <laughs> "Will Greg comment on the main event of SmackDown this week?" But you were stronger than I would be, Greg, and you held off. You did not no. comment. You did not break the streak. You did not break the gimmick. No. And you, my friend, are a bigger man than I am because I would have. I would have taken. <laughs> well, I, I, taken I don't know. I don't know about this. that, but. <laughs> I will commend you, sir, for your uh, okay. restraint and diligence. Yes. Oh, I appreciate that. Admirable. Yeah. <laughs> it's midnight and. I'm a little bit delirious, so you get um, high praise, high marks, Greg, high marks. Thank you. Um, no, I seriously though, I I would I was looking for it, and I was actually kind of glad that you didn't comment because then that would have broken the streak. I would have felt bad that our, our super delirious Monday live cast broke your streak. You know, I would have felt bad for yeah. that. So I wouldn't let that happen. Very good. I'm glad you showed restraint. Uh, Travis, appreciate the phone call. I think it's, I think that match is going to happen. And as we're talking about, just a matter of when. And uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be when you're there at Raw tomorrow night. They do the tag match when, when you're there. It could be, it could be tomorrow night at Raw. I mean, we just never know. But, uh, appreciate it, Travis. We'll look forward to your call tomorrow night. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Let's go to our next caller, 216 Area Code. Welcome to show 216. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Uh, please state your name. Where are you calling from? Uh, B-Lump from Solon, Ohio. Hey, B-Lump, what's your mind tonight? Uh, I want to go back to the Divas. I thought that there was a pretty good match. I thought the pay-per-view was all right overall. Um, but with the yeah. Divas, just the way they were presented to us, I just wish that it was presented to us better like Monday Night Raw. I could have done without Stephanie McMahon having it like a, here's Johnny, here's, you know, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sasha Banks, and here's Flair. Like, in my little fantasy booking, I had it more of like, I actually had Sasha Banks coming back at SummerSlam, and tonight I would have wanted Flair to come in tonight. I mean, you say it's an invasion or whatever. I would have had Flair come in tonight. I, I wanted, like, Paige. Okay, I, I saw like this. Stephanie McMahon goes, hey, you know, I noticed that the Bellas has been beating up on Paige, been jumping her. How about let's have a triple threat? So let's have a triple threat. The Bellas and Paige for the Divas, have them kind of jump on Paige, have Flair come out and kind of save her, and then uh, have a match at SummerSlam and kind of have a, Kind of like a third, 
who's the third man type deal. But I want to see that twin magic get rejected, though. I want to see, like, Nikki try to go for a twin magic, and then she get kicked out. And if the, if the announcers can sell it good, sell it. Like, wait, what's going on? She's going for twin magic, and she can't even go under the ring. But under the ring, Sasha Banks and Bree, bam, pop off from under the ring, Undertaker style, and go in the girl fight. Like, I think, you know, there's some holes in it, but I could go with that, though. Like, I think we got. I got. I think we got the gist, Greg. Uh, I, you know, I think it goes back to the original problem, which was Stephanie, and the way that she introduced baby faces coming in to challenge the Bellas. And if the idea is, you know, Stephanie wants to challenge, like, almost like Triple H and Seth. You know, Triple H wants to draw the best in Seth, and Stephanie wants to draw the best in Nikki Bella as Divas Champion. Um, I like the idea of. Uh, you know, again, trying to set up, you know, Paige in the two-on-one situation. She needs reinforcement, and that's where Charlotte comes in. And then, you know, then you set up with Sasha, and then you set up with Becky. And I think it's just it goes back to that WWE McMahon philosophy of just, uh, you know, as, as Bret Hart famously said, like 20 years ago or so, May 18, you just keep adding more to the soup. You know, you just can't help yourself. You just got to keep adding more. And that's how it felt like to me on Raw, Greg, was they just kept, they had to add more, they had to add more, they had to add more main current roster divas. And it became a lot more than just, you know, a couple of NXT call-ups. And, you know, all of a sudden Sasha and Naomi and Tamina, I'm like, what's the backstory on that one? Um, you know, so it just, I think they could have simplified it, but again, it's WWE, this is the way they think. You know, more, 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 do more, do more. Well, it doesn't make a lot of sense, it doesn't matter, just do more. Um, that's how it felt like. But then again, they had a good match. There was a good match that came out of it tonight. So it's that back and forth and, and that thing. Uh, Greg, anything else to add to, um, as, as Miz is on TV in his goofy Hollywood outfit on the replay? Uh, anything else to add to, uh, to, uh, the Diva situation? Um, yeah, I think I, I understand why they've involved so many Divas because this generated from the storyline of, Page saying we as a locker room have to unite against the fellas uh, and unite against those types of divas. So I understand involving everybody in there because that's how it started. It started as a whole locker room type deal. So it makes sense that the next step would be involving most of the divas, I guess, in the situation. Um, I liked that there were a couple segments uh, talking about the divas match on this show. Unfortunately, it was an unadvertised match. Now, that was because of the Ryback injury taking out the IC title match, but it does sort of lessen the impact, I think, of the NXT women getting called up and and all but promising them a, a prominent position, not only within the Divas division, but in WWE with this Divas revolution, and then having their first match be an unadvertised Granted, it's not a special event, but it being an unadvertised match, I, I think that somewhat damages the story they're trying to tell with this sort of uprising. Um, but again, you know, good matches tend to um, tend to send some of that stuff into the background and tend to make that kind of stuff okay if it's being talked about. And again, you know, we're talking about the Divas more on this show than we have talked about a Divas match in a long time on a post-show live cast. So uh, perhaps the ends justify the means in this case. Mm. Follow-up to me will be key. You know, um, they need to establish some individual feuds, individual title chase, 
you know, whether it's Charlotte or somebody else and, <clears throat> you know, maybe Charlotte would, uh, you know, wins a title and Paige gets jealous and Paige turns heel and Paige and Charlotte have a few and that sort of thing. But, um, that's booking way down the road. Unless they, <laughs> unless they go ahead and have Charlotte win the Bellers. And then you got all the NXT women's title and, and it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, anyways, let's go to our next phone call. And next up is the 209 area code. Welcome to the show 209. Please state your name. Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. It's Eric from Stockton, California. How's it going? Hey, doing good, Eric. What's on your mind tonight? i got three things for you. Take them one at a time. Uh, first off, you guys were talking about who the next face of the company might be um, to replace Cena. Mm-hmm. My thought is, what about Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens is uh, respected in the ring. He's a veteran. He's been around for a while. Um, he's safe to work with. He's got the built-in baby babyface storyline with the whole he's fighting for his family and everything. He's got the credibility. He already seems to have a fan following among, you know, the hardcore wrestling fans, so, and I think it'd be pretty easy for him to switch face and to win over everybody else with that built-in face storyline. Um, the, the biggest negative I can see is basically his body type. He right. doesn't have the, the, the you know, bodybuilder type that you know, the McMahons tend to look for. But by the time Cena steps aside, Vince might also step aside, which would put Hunter in control. So I think it's more of a possibility for Kevin Owens to be the top guy if Hunter's in control than it would ever be with Vince in control. I want to get your thoughts on that, and then I have two more after that. Yeah, that that captures that – well, that touches on one of the, the – there's a there's a lot of layers to the cover story uh, I wrote in the, in the latest uh, Torch newsletter for VIP members, and that's one of the layers is when Triple H is overseeing the main guts of creative when it's when it's his baby, um, he's gonna have the conflict of he you know he's the bodybuilder mentality like me man, but he also sees guys who work the best, work the hardest have the best matches, put together the best work in the ring, out of the ring, on the mic, etc. Those guys um, get uh, a lot of recognition in his mind too. Um, so there's that there's that conflict with Hunter. You know, there's that we use the tug and pull term a lot. And I wrote about that layer of this inside W story in the cover story, which is Hunter when he's in charge. Where where will he where will he go? Will he look toward the Roman? I mean Roman Reigns. Let's not forget, Roman Reigns was a guy that Hunter and McMahon said before he even was on the main roster, this is our guy, we're going with him. And that didn't work out for this year's main day. I think they kind of stunted his growth in the process. Uh, but then you look at the other side, and yeah, they have they have featured a Kevin Owens. They have featured a Dean Ambrose in pay-per-view main events. So there is that, and Ambrose isn't your typical bodybuilder, muscular, superstar heavyweight. He's uh, He's a lot different than that. But he's also one of the one of the best wrestlers on the roster, and he connects with the crowd, and he has good matches. He's dependable, and everybody likes to work with him. So, yeah, there, there, there's that. Hunter's got the conflict. He's going to have to battle for a long time, which is, you know, who who do I want to really get behind? Um, and I, I think he likes to find the happy medium, which is Cesaro. You know, uh, Cesaro has the strength and the bodybuilder. He's not like not like Lex Luger bodybuilder, but he has the strength and the muscularity the hunter likes, and he's also really good in the ring, and people like him, respect him. Problem is, is go back to the McMahonism. 
Well, he has an accent, <laughs> and people don't understand him. He doesn't have a personality, and I don't like him. He's Swiss. You know, uh, there's that, and there's always that conflict, you know, so McMahon's always, you know, finding the, the, the hole in the game. Um, and so it's hard to find that person who fits every single quadrant on your chart, um, but in Hunter will have the conflict back and forth. So, yeah, they're getting Owens in a, in a prominent position, but, you know, will Hunter look at Owens and say, yeah, you know, I like you to this much, but I don't know if I like you that much. And that's where the conflict comes in. So that's that's the tough spot to be in. Um, uh, Greg, I'll, I'll follow up with you, Greg, on that when I get uh, the other two questions from Derek. Go, go ahead with the other two questions, please. Yeah, the other the second one is about the um, the authority. They really haven't been acting like heels lately. Yeah, right. you mentioned it earlier. Hunter and Stephanie really haven't been acting like heels. Hunter's been throwing all these obstacles at Seth and uh, Stephanie with the whole Divas movement thing. And then you had Seth turning on, uh, well, not turning on, but attacking Kane after Raw. So, I mean, are we looking at a possible authority face turn? Because I can't can't see Seth turning face because he's he's just way too good as a whiny heel. So um, are we looking at a possible authority face turn, or is this kind of an example of WWE not wanting to pigeonhole their – their wrestlers into the traditional face heel roles. And then did you want the last one now, or do you want to take that one now? Yeah, throw the last one at us, and I'll throw it to Greg. Okay. Okay, so the last one is about Taker. Um, Him coming out, everything that he did, as as you guys stated before, screamed heel. Interrupting a title match, going after the hottest baby face in the company, kicking him below the belt. I mean, everything screamed heel, but I'm – my thought is, is that WWE might think that Taker is kind of immune to, as I said before, the traditional facial role because, well, he's Taker. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's not, he's, he doesn't fit into that, that pigeonhole. He doesn't fit into that peg because he's Taker. He's separate. He doesn't have to conform to that. To me, what he did screamed of an aging wrestler who knew that he couldn't physically compete with the beast. So he did what he had to do to get an advantage over him Mm. to get what little payback he got tonight. So I wanted to get your guys thoughts on that as well. Yeah. I mean, that'd be an interesting way for the character to change going away from Greg, sort of the, the invincible, you know, immortal guy who never loses at WrestleMania, and then he loses at WrestleMania. And now people are like, Oh, maybe he's, you know, in the storyline context, Oh, he's a, he's a, he's immortal. He's a mere mortal. He's not invincible like we, we've been told all along. Um, so maybe it is sort of the, the aging of the character who, you know, beat people because he had the, the advantage psychologically. And now maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Now he has to go for heel tactics. So that, that'd be an interesting evolution of the character. Um, Greg, I'll get your thoughts on that possible twist on Taker. And then the authority. What, what are we looking at long term with the authority? Are they, shift into a face roll or that's just sort of lazy writing? Well, that's just lazy writing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know any other way to put it. As long as your heel champion, Seth Rollins, is still representing you while you're also having Stephanie McMahon introduce these uh, new divas um, into the mix. And, and to be honest, I don't know if they're babyface or heel. They all seem babyface to me based on how they're introduced. Um You've got some problems on the writing end of it and the need to clarify the authority's position. 
They should have a clear position. They should stand for something. They should be, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. Um, and they should make their positions clear. Right now, they're, they're not clear at all. And that's a problem, storytelling-wise. Yep. The Undertaker deal, I think you hit the nail on the head, James, is that you would be, by telling the story that was suggested, you would be getting away from the supernaturalness, uh, to use a terrible non-word, uh, but it's 1.30 in the morning, so who cares? Um, you'd be getting away from that aspect of the Undertaker's character. And how far away from that do you want to get? Because that's the one thing that really set him apart. That's the one thing you could really bank on, and that's the one thing when it was time for the Undertaker storyline at WrestleMania, that's what WWE relied on to tell the story, was the Undertaker being supernatural. And not, not necessarily superhuman, um, but just on a different plane than everybody else. You would be sacrificing that for uh, this story to be told, and I don't know that WWE would do that this late in the game as far as Taker's career goes. I think they would want him to go out as that supernatural being. I don't think they would want to strip that away uh, on his way out. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. That's the hard part, is do you want to... It's like, how do you want to write off Taker? Do you want to have him write out with, you know... Well, um, if you're, if you're going to strip him away, just have him in his last match... Um, as the American badass Undertaker, and just have him ride <laughs> off into the sunset on his motorcycle. Really, I mean, that would be the, the great image. Yeah. The, you know, he'd stop on the entrance and raise his fist, and then he'd ride off into the sunset back in the locker room. That would be the end of it. Um, <laughs> it I mean, heck, they, they could just wrap it up that way, you know, and... and... You know, I, I don't know, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a possibility uh, they kind of take him that direction. Especially like the heel tactics, you know, like Derek brought up and, and how he did go there, you know, to get a one up on Brock tonight and what does that mean and all that. So it's interesting, you know, it, it might freshen it, him up a it, little bit. It's tough though because the, the supernatural stuff always masked the fact that he was aging and that he was getting older and, you know, he wasn't the, the, the same guy he once was. So now that's if you take away that aspect of it, it's also going to expose him mm. um, as just an old wrestler. Mm. <laughs> and again, I don't know that's a story you want to tell in his twilight years. Yeah. Especially if they want to draw money to WrestleMania. You know, I don't know if you want to put the aging the aging Undertaker out there, you know, against uh, Sting, <laughs> the aging former yeah, WWE guy. Yeah, and that was always... That was always the thing, you know, he's he's getting older, he's not as young as he once was, but he's still the Undertaker, and he still has that power. You know, that was always what the announcers were drawn, even when the Undertaker would look old. I mean, yeah, he looks old, but he's the Undertaker. He can summon that strength and that power and that um, whatever he has from wherever he draws it from, from the urine or whatever, what have you. Um, that was always the thing that sort of protected him as he got older, too. Yeah. 
It'll be interesting. Where does he end up at uh, WrestleMania and what kind of character we're looking at? So, yeah, it, it will be interesting. Um, we've been on the air for two hours, and I think we have maxed out uh, blog talk here on a Sunday Night Post game show. So not wanting to get kicked off if we run out of recording space. I'm going to go and wrap up the show. I know we've got a lot of people on hold still. So I apologize for not getting everybody. We will be back Monday night after Raw. So if you want to call in on Monday night and talk about Battleground. Um, I will definitely take more of your phone calls on Battleground as well as Raw. And I have written down everybody who did not get on the air. So if I do see your number pop up again uh, on tomorrow night, I'll prioritize you. So um, I'm, I've jotted everybody's name, or well, not name, but number. And uh, I will make sure I get you on the air on Monday if you do call in and prioritize you. So um, we're going to go and wrap it up here. Greg, uh, final thoughts? We touched on the Divas match, so we can't do that, but... Uh, any other final thoughts, any other things you want to touch on from tonight's show that we haven't really, like, dived into too much yet? No, we, we haven't really talked about our overall thoughts on the show, and, and I would give oh, it sure. um, I'd give it a definite thumbs up. I think it's in maybe the 6.5-ish range. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, and, and we haven't even really talked about, and I want to get your opinion on this as well as your overall thoughts, James, is how negatively did the non-finish in the main event affect you uh, as far as your enjoyment of, of the pay-per-view or the score. Because um, I, I know no. that could bring it down in, in a lot of circles. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I all the matches were good. I think there was some uh, emotional connection lacking in a lot of the matches, unfortunately, and that's due to, uh, you know, you have to look at storylines for that. Um, but I, I'm sitting at probably around a 6.5 uh, right now. Yeah, I thought this show was... It was interesting because there's only there were only uh what six matches? Yeah, there were only six matches on the show, which I'd have to go back and look at, you know, a lot of history, but might be one of the cards with the fewest matches in, in WWE pay per view history. But so e- each match felt like it had a purpose. Something we talked a lot about since WrestleMania of, you know, you know, this year's WrestleMania, each match felt like it meant something. And there was a reason why it was on the show. And you look at the matches on tonight's show, you know, Seamus Orton kind of a rushed bringing him back, you know, brought back Orton to TV. Uh, but it was in St. Louis. So there was a, there was a lot of energy for that match that you would not see otherwise. Top time players, a new day. This was the tag title rematch. Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns follow up on Bray costing Reigns the Monday Night match and just you know the, the build up hasn't been that good since uh, Monday the Bank. Now uh, they throw in the Divas match, a sort of a bonus match, and that has a purpose with the the introduction of new talent. And then Cena Owens, you know, third match in the series, a four star match, and then Brock and Lesnar. So well, <laughs> uh, Rollins and Lesnar, yes, Brock faced himself. That was actually probably a more interesting match. But every match had a purpose I on the show. I'd pay to see Brock face himself, yeah. Um, and so, and you know, Orton Sheamus, good match. Players New Day, I thought it was a good match. Wyatt Reigns, yeah, you know, it was okay. Uh, the women's match was good. Cena Owens was very good. Rollins and Lester wasn't so much. So, it, it really does come down to that main event finish. And how much weight do you put on the lack of a finish to a pay-per-view main event? Or... Were you satisfied by the amount of suplex sitting that went on, 13 suplexes by their count, and Undertaker making a surprise appearance? What Were those two factors enough to make up for the lack of a main event finish? And 
to a lot of people, the answer is no. To other people, yes. I, I think the St. Louis crowd, based on the reaction, they were pretty hot for that ending. Um, they were into it. I think that they felt like they got a special moment um, as part of their pay-per-view ticket. And the people watching the network, though, paying nine ninety nine or paying zero dollars, was was that ending um, worth their investment of either nine ninety nine or nothing or their time, three hours of time, leading the main event. That's where you get a little bit trickier. And for a lot of people, the answer is going to be, no, that was not worth it. I paid to see a main event finish. Um, this was the biggest match in the show. Other people say, well, you know what? Um, you know, Lester did rough up Seth. That was cool. And Undertaker made an appearance. That was pretty cool. I'm okay with it. So a lot of it's going to come down to what do people weigh on that one. And to me, though, at the end of the day, pay-per-view main event, you've at least got to have a finish. On a pay-per-view main event. And so to me, that one weighs a lot. Um, and that, that one's a concern to me is the way that finish was. So, Greg, where do you, where do you fall on that? Uh, with all the factors in play, they try to, you know, they try to have a happy, well, not a happy ending. They try to have a, an eventful ending without a finish to the main event. How do you weigh all those sort of things uh, as far as your evaluation goes? I really don't like non-finishes. Mm-hmm. But as non-finishes go, I think having the Undertaker's return, it doesn't make it acceptable, but it it does give it that air air of importance. Like you saw something important. You saw something that you haven't seen in years. Taker appearing at a pay-per-view that was not WrestleMania. Um, I I won't say that makes up for it, but I think if you were going to do a non-finish, that would be the way to go uh, for The Undertaker. And, and you know, it, it would have been – I guess it, I, I would say it would have been simple to just announce a no contest, but mm. I think it would have taken you out of the moment of Undertaker beating up Lesnar and even Undertaker right. leaving. It, it, it sort of would have – you know, you're, you're immersed in that moment, and to hear the ring announcer while Taker's walking back sort of takes you out of that moment. So – I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, also going in, you had to know there was going to be, it wasn't going to be a decisive, uh, a decisive finish. Now that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it okay, but for me, you know, I knew that what we were getting was not good. So it's not like they robbed me of a a clean finish that I was expecting. Hmm. Um, So I think that weighs uh, on it too, that, that I'm more accepting of it because I knew that, Ultimately, uh, it, it was going to be something, whether it was a, you know, does Rollins getting DQ'd by using a chair uh, make it more acceptable than, than Undertaker making a big appearance simply because they would have announced a finish to that match? That's you know, a tough I, and call. That, I'm asking half rhetorically, but I, seriously, you know, if, if that's a lame DQ finish, which you otherwise would have gotten, or the Undertaker returns, and in that moment, they don't announce the finish. You know, I. Yeah. I, I it, it might come know. down to what, what do they want people to come away from it? They want to come away from a thing about Undertaker and the heel tactics, or and why did he do that? Or they want to come away. They want people to come away from it thinking, man, that finish sucked. Oh yeah, Undertaker came back. So yeah, that that does make it kind of like. And interesting again, the tug and pull of how do you want people to leave that show? Uh, mad or curious. 
and mm-hmm. not angry, but more curious than mad. Um, yeah, it, it does make it an interesting. It, it, like you said, if you put a different finish in there, a DQ finish, um, are people more mad than they are for a non-finish and no announcement of a finish? That's right. That's tough. That, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I guess we'll never know, but that'd be interesting to find out. Um, on that note, uh, Greg, anything else uh, you want to give us a plug on the VIP side of things real quick? Uh, yeah, uh, two columns released last week along with the two Torch newsletters. Uh looked at the uh, first episode of Paragon Pro Wrestling on Pop TV and also part one of my two-part column. Uh, about why people are not watching Raw. The ratings are down. Um, I took a pound of the pavement on this one, went to Twitter, and uh, got some opinions from people and sort of put them in different um, categories. So the first three are listed there. The second three will be in another week because I just sent in my uh, column for this week on my NXT house show experience that I went to last night. Uh, and also Friday night was posted Moonlighting with Greg Parks, former Gonzo and the Greg producer Kurt Hoffman joined me on that one for an hour of talk on SmackDown, NXT, and uh, Wrestler Podcasts. We kind of discussed some of the ones that are out there and uh, the strengths and weaknesses of them. So um, that's uh, that's the VIP side of things for me. Awesome. Good stuff. Go go VIP. If you're not VIP, pwtorch.com slash go VIP is the place to go. And uh, coming up in... 20 minutes as I'm saying this right now. Live coverage of New Japan G1 Climax Night 1. I'm going for the double play. I'm going to cover, so I don't fall asleep. I'm going to cover uh, New Japan Night 1. AJ Styles is on there. All the big stars from the Block A of the New Japan G1 Climax. I'm going for the double play tonight after the live cast. And uh, so, yeah, live coverage, pwtorch.com. Hang out with us late night if you're still uh, if you're still awake. So, Otherwise, read in the morning on a normal night's sleep. So, um, Greg, always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. We enjoyed it last Monday. Enjoyed it here on the post game show, and uh, we'll talk again in a couple Mondays on the live cast on a Monday night. So, uh, Greg, we will uh, talk to you again then. And thank you everybody for listening to the show and hanging out with us here on the live cast post game show. On behalf of Torch Commons, Greg Parks, this is Torch Assistant Air James Caldwell signing off with Kids on Bridges playing us out. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. 
He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PWTorch DailyCast lineup. Just search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Yeah. 